Oh, sushi, I would say. You've I never, never had sushi. sushi. Never had sushi. <laughs> no, no, but I, guys, I don't like fish. That's why. But I, but I would love to try. Now I understand why he's got a super formula test. <laughs> exactly. That's good. I'm, I'm only going there for that. And welcome to the F1 Feeder Series podcast, your guide to keeping up to date on everything in the junior single-seater world. I'm your host, Jim Kimberley, and we've made it. One entire season of F1 and all of its support series is complete, apart from the Australians, but we won't mention those guys. Formula 2 had its season finale in Abu Dhabi last weekend, so it seems fitting that this week we have two guests who raced around the Yas Marina circuit. First up, it's now official that we can call him the 2022 vice champion, a revelation that seems about as shocking as Williams announcing Logan Sargent as a 2023 F1 driver. Big shock. But there was a slight chance he wouldn't finish P2 this year going into the race. So welcome to the podcast. How does vice champion sound to you, Teo Corcher? It sounds really good and I'm really happy to be here with you. Uh, first time on the podcast. So yeah, it's going to be fun. Hopefully not the last time as well. I'd love to have you back. But thank you so much for joining us. It's really, really good to speak to you. Lots of, lots and lots of questions from fans. Uh, mainly around 2023. Weird that, isn't it? But we'll get onto those in a little bit. Because next up is another vice champion. This one from Formula 3. He was a sensation in the final three rounds of the season, winning each feature race. Those performances got him an early graduation to F2 this weekend. Here to talk all about it is... Zayn Maloney, or as you probably know him, the boy from Barcelona, or is it Belgium? Bangkok? Where, where is it? Barbados. Oh, <laughs> oh, I've never heard anyone say that before. Welcome to the podcast, Zayn. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I've been watching uh, the recent podcast, so yeah, it's great to be on. Oh, really? I, will, I could pressure you and ask who you watched just to make sure you were watching, but I, I won't. But I, if, you, if that's a true story, thank you so much. It's uh, <laughs> nice to meet your heroes, isn't it? But yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for the support, as endorsed by Zane Maloney. Also, last thing, finally, welcome back to the podcast, Tyler Foster. What are you the vice champion of? Um food conversation on podcasts about motorsport. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll find a way to talk about food. I mean, you know, I'm sure that uh, Zane can wander us with the uh, Barbados dishes, but uh, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I'm happy to be with Teo, um, you know, watching him for the final time um, this year in F2 and Zane obviously making his debut in F2 at the same time. So, you know, two guys sort of at different ends um, of their career, despite the fact that they're of similar ages, but, you know, both extremely talented. You know, it's going to be an interesting podcast to see what these guys have to say about some certain things. It really is. I will say you are the vice champion of food as well, because unbeknownst to people watching, Zane Maloney has put his food order on hold to join the podcast. That's how big a deal we are. So... If Zayn Maloney's a champion of food, Tyler Foster would be the vice champion of food on this podcast. But before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, comment and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, just like Zayn Maloney does. Or leave a rating or review if you are listening. You can leave a rating on Spotify and review us on Apple Podcasts. 
Lots of other things to plug again, such as our Discord with around 200 real life drivers. And if you're watching and you want to look as good as I do in my hoodie, you can get your own feeder series merchandise. And a big announcement, we've started our second show on the YouTube channel to get you through the off season. It's called Transfer Weekly, hosted by the excellent Chris McCarthy. And the first episode went out on Monday to talk you through all the driver signings that are public, at least, up to Abu Dhabi. If you want to keep up to date on all the driver announcements in the coming weeks and months and hear where these two guests are going to be racing, please be sure to subscribe and don't miss an episode of that. Subscribing to the channel really helps us out. You'll also get to see the podcast each week. If you are already subscribed, thank you so much. F2, shock horror. That's where we're starting today. Abu Dhabi was this weekend, of course. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Abu Dhabi. It's been ages since it was racing. We're going into the off-season. I feel like we've had an autumn season where nothing happens because we have, what, two, two and a half months since the last time we were racing in Formula 2. Teo, how was it? You've now flexed on the competition by not scoring points in the last four rounds and still taking the vice-champion title. How was your weekend? Yeah, it sounds crazy to be vice champion and to not score uh, a point uh, for the last uh, four rounds. But, you know, it is how it is. And uh, that was um, a bit, uh, yeah, difficult end of the season. But I had so many bad luck and, I mean, I had so, some issues. I did some mistakes. So it can happen. It's like this. And in the end, I'm happy to finish vice champion. You know, it's uh, it's a title. It's good. Um, we always expect a bit more, but uh, we have to look at the positives and finishing vice champion, it's uh, it's not bad. It's not bad at all, mate. Come on, vice champion. P2 in Formula 2 is huge. But speaking of the weekend a bit more specifically, you obviously had some issues, but you had some also, because I remember watching it thinking that was amazing. Brilliant virtual safety car restart. I don't think I've seen anybody come off the, the marks with that green light as well as you did. How was the feature race? How was the sprint race? Um, it was a good weekend in terms of uh, of performance. Uh, I was P two in full practice, P three in quali. Um, in the sprint race, I did a I did a good start. I did a really good move uh, in turn into turn six, uh, overtaking three cars uh, in one corner, which is which is good. Uh, it was a very good move. Then, unfortunately, because of the red flag, there is a rule that you know you take all the classification from end of sector one. So I was the only car in the pit lane going backwards uh, to P nine, and the others staying at their position. So it was a bit frustrating, and but it's like that. Um, and then in the feature race. Uh, pace was good. I did some mistakes, you know, overtaking Nissani before the pit stop where I went a bit wide uh, in turn nine. But overall, I'm pretty happy about myself. Performance is good. As I said, the car was was nice to drive. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, bring uh, zero points home. So uh, it's not very good. But um, we are, I mean, I am vice champion. Uh, the team is uh, P3 in the team's title, which is not what we uh, what we wanted before the, the start of the weekend. But it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Uh, so um, it's a good good season overall. Yeah, I'd say so. But good season overall is really really impressive. We'll talk about the season on the whole a little, in a little second. But focusing on Abu Dhabi again, we had somebody racing in Abu Dhabi who might not have expected to at the start of this season. Zane Maloney, you. Went from Formula 3, um, surprised everybody with how amazing your latter half of the season was. And, and it wasn't just, everyone talks about the final three rounds and you won the feature race. You got P2 in the pre-feature race before that as well. You were just storming it. I do want to talk about your F3 season and how close you were to the title. But let's talk about Abu Dhabi right now. 
how was it? How was the Formula Two car? When did you first know you were going to be driving it? When was your first experience in the car? Was it the practice session? How was your weekend? Yeah, it was amazing, of course, to to finally get to drive a Formula Two car. Uh, obviously, after Monza, I didn't expect to be driving again for the rest of the year in terms of racing again. Uh, so I went to the US to kind of uh, relax for a bit. Um, still training, of course, in case any calls came up. Um, and and yeah, then I got the call from Giacomo and Trident uh, two weeks before the race. So it wasn't even just after Monza. Uh, it was two weeks before the race. Um, and yeah, we, we confirmed it maybe a day or two later. And, uh, and then I got to the factory to do some sim and then, and then head over to Abu Dhabi. Uh, so yeah, not near as much time to prepare as I, as I would have wanted. Um, but, but I learned a lot throughout the, throughout the weekend. The car is really different to, to Formula 3 and, uh, there's lots of, lots of different things to, to get used to. So yeah, overall it was a, a great experience. So just because we get so much news and we don't know when things are embargoed and when drivers actually do know stuff, it literally was the start of this month. That's when you got the call up. You didn't know about it when you were like, it wasn't like a, if you finish in the top three of the championship, we'll give you a drive in Formula, Formula 2 car. No, not at all. Um, after Monza, I was, <laughs> I was finished for the year um, oh. until, until obviously I got the call. So yeah, just, just before the race. That's amazing. Well, a good way to start. I saw you when I was trying to watch on the timing tower. Was it Fittipaldi you were racing pretty much the entire weekend? How was the, the car in terms of the step up in performance? I, I've heard a lot of drivers mention the differences between F3 and F2. I'd wonder what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, it was very different. Uh, to be honest, there's not, much, there's not getting much better than the F3 car in terms of feeling and uh, performance. Uh, the F2 car, obviously... It's quicker down the straight, uh, but other than that, I think uh, there's not much quicker than an F3 car in the corners other than F1 car. So, yeah, it was very difficult. The car's uh, heavy, doesn't want to turn. Uh, I'm sure Teal knows a lot about that. Uh, so it was a very different technique to get used to. Um, pretty much the opposite to F3. So, yeah, it's going to take some time. Well, we'll talk about your 2023 in a moment. Tyler, let's bring you in. You have been watching both of these guys uh, in particular, speaking to Teo as well throughout the season as our F2 editor. This weekend, we saw Drogovic get another double podium. We saw Lawson get another double podium. We saw Iwasa get a win. What are your takeaways from the Abu Dhabi weekend? Well, when I heard that we were going to have Teo on the podcast, I was hoping that he at least got on the podium once so I could praise him. Um, <laughs> it's difficult, as you said, being a vice champion and not having scored points in the last two rounds and then, you know, and so on. So I felt really bad when he had the weekend that he did because, you know, he, he has been so good all year and then obviously he's had such bad luck. But in terms of the weekend, Drogovic finished off pretty much as he's been all year. You know, really, really strong. I'm sure Teo can attest to just how Drogovic seems to never let an opportunity go to waste. He's been really, really clinical. Uh, when it comes to things, especially feature races. Um, we saw Owasa, you know, the second time that Red Bull Junior has, has scored a feature race win. Last time he got a pole in Hungary, he failed to convert it. So it was nice to see him uh, manage to do that against Drogovic under pressure. And as not to rub the, the salt in the wounds of Teo, but yeah, MP Motorsport winning their first uh, title as well as a result of uh, Felipe's efforts. So that was very interesting to see the the, the title swing and Carlin jump up to a second with a good weekend for Lawson, as you mentioned with a double podium and then Sargent managing to clinch it. Although Sargent at multiple times across the weekend 
when he came on the radio did seem very, very stressed. I mean, I can imagine having an F1 seat, you know, almost, you know, at your, at your, um, at your taking at, you know, at your demand, depending on one weekend's performance must be really difficult to deal with. But yeah, he was certainly feeling the pressure, but um, I'll tell you what, for a, for a final weekend of a championship that had been decided, there was actually a lot of action. It was very, very exciting. So uh, yeah, I was, I was happy with, with what we got to see for one final time in 2022. Yeah, Logan kind of channeled his inner Dan Tictum a few points, didn't he? I don't know if you guys heard the radio, but the <laughs> the stress, which I do understand, the stress was coming out in the form of swear words and shouting at his tea, but did make me miss young Dan. So shout out to Dan if you're watching. Right, let's talk more about the entire season. Teo, I've asked every driver, and Zane, you might want to pre- prepare for this one. How was the season from your perspective? Simple as that. No other leading questions. Let's talk through 2022. Yeah, I mean, uh, it started pretty well in Bahrain because, uh, yeah, we I did P2 in quali um, and then I won the feature race. Uh, but also during the weekend, I had my first uh, warning uh, because I broke a, had a mechanical f- uh, failure in race one, uh, which was then the case all year almost. Uh, <laughs> okay, Fernando Alonso. <laughs> No, I mean that was uh, that was a bit. Uh, this weekend we re- can resume a bit my season because I can win, can do a strong quali, but I can do also mistakes in FP. I was not not very fast, and in sprint race I I the uh, wasn't lucky with the with mechanical failures. So you know, uh, then uh, the whole year was like this. Uh, Jedi did a big mistake in um, in free practice, which uh, cost me uh, a lot of things during the weekend. But then. I had two mechanical failures again in this weekend. Uh, but, you know, I had some very good moments. Uh, like uh, the month of July was very good. Uh, Silverstone was good. Austria can, could have been a bit better, unfortunately. It was a tricky feature race. Uh, we started on wet tires. Uh, that was the wrong choice. Uh, pit stop was a bit the mess. Uh, but then Paul Ricard was a very fun uh, weekend with uh, two podiums, um, even though I got a penalty on the first one. But uh, you know, I enjoyed a lot with my uh, with my fans, with all the French people. Uh, and then uh, I I won in Budapest. So, and there was also some very very difficult moments with all the issues, all, all the lack of performance uh, in um, Baku, for example, in Spa Francorchamps. Uh, yeah, so I did some mistakes as well, like Zandvoort, you know, Quali in Zandvoort. Uh, this can happen, you know. Um, but unfortunately. All those things uh, were a bit too much. Uh, that was a bit too much to to try to to beat Drogovic. We did zero mistakes, uh, and you know uh, MP was also very good. He never he never had an issue all year. Car was on point. The driver was very good. So they deserve to win in the end. They deserve to win uh, team's title and driver's title. So congrats to them. But uh, as I said, I'm not uh, very very disappointed because I know I. I did a good job. I can do better, but uh, vice champion is is not bad. Going to talk Formula 3 now. Same question to you, Zane, and you've seen now what we're looking for and that perfect answer from Teo. How was the season from your perspective? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, very tough, of course. Bahrain, uh, first time, first race uh, in F3 was... It was a good weekend. Uh, we we were seventh in quali, um, and uh, in the sprint race we, we got fourth with good learning. Uh, I kind of killed the tires. Uh, went from P two to P four at the end because I uh, cooked the rear tires. So 
yeah, it was good learning, and I was going into the feature race um, very confident. And then obviously I had the mechanical failure on that one, uh, which was tough to go away from from Bahrain. Uh, you want to start the season off well, everyone does, so that was tough straight away. And then over to Imola, um, an amazing qualifying uh, qualified pole. The sprint race w- was good. We, we had an amazing pay- amazing car that weekend. Um, so we were all able to, all three of us able to come up the field. And I think we finished sixth in the sprint race. And then of course the, the future race, uh, in difficult conditions, we, we got away good and, and we're leading, uh, quite confidently the whole race, uh, well, half the race until the safety car restart when it, a very stupid mistake from my side, probably the most stupid one in my career and the most costly <laughs> one. Um, yeah, so that was tough. That was even tougher than Bahrain. Um, and then we went over to Barcelona. Do you want I to skip over make... Barcelona and forget that? that yeah, Barcelona. <laughs> there's not so much. There's not much so much to say about Barcelona. We started from the pit lane. Another stupid mistake from my side. Uh, that's how the season went until the second half. Well, do you want to let's, let's fast forward because that's a, that's a good part of it, right? Because from Red Bull Ring, it just changed. Well, it changed in terms of uh, results. In terms of pace and uh, where we were on the grid, it didn't change. Uh, all year we were at the front or near the front. Um, I think from from Red Bull Ring was just when I started making less mistakes. Uh, obviously, we we got fifth in, in Red Bull Ring. I think a bit of luck there. Uh, there was a crash ahead uh, with two laps to go, so we should have finished ninth. Uh, to be honest, in terms of pace, Red Bull Ring was the worst of the year. Um, but it kind of kick-started the results. From there, uh, I just had more confidence in myself and I was worrying about less stuff. I was uh, thinking about less stuff and going through less stuff as well through the weekend with my engineer and, and my coach. Uh, we kept it all simple and then uh, that's where the results came. Um, obviously, qualifying is the main target in, in the weekend in F2 and F3. So once you get that nailed, um, there's less to worry about and less things to do. So. Let's, let, let me just ask it from this way. So you're talking about Bahrain it didn't really start for you back then. Like it wasn't the way you wanted to start the season. But then before you go into the summer break, you get your first podium. Did that then let you have some confidence through that time off for you to come back? And was it a, tri- it's a triple header, wasn't it? You To go in and be yeah. like, well, I can do this. I am meant to be here. Yeah, definitely. I think, of course, uh, coming into F3, you watch F3 when you're young and, and you see all the drivers uh, who are eventually some of them in F1. And uh, you do doubt that you're meant to be there uh, at the front. Uh, and of course, uh, when I got the podium in, in Budapest, uh, it gave me the confidence to to worry less and to kind of think about less things during the weekend and, and know that I should be at the front and, and I will be at the front if I do a good job. Uh, so the focus was just on doing a good job and, and you can't control anything else. And then even the first win in Spa. Um, after then, I was, I was really confident that even in practice, when we, when we were P14, P15 in Zambort, for example, I knew that in, when Quali came, the car would be on rails and, and I'll be doing, able to do a good job. Um, so for the rest of the season, it was, it was more just about putting, putting it together and I was a lot more confident uh, in the car as well. It, it it showed, you know, it showed. Win, win, yeah, win. <laughs> it really, really was amazing. I'm so happy for you to have finished the season on a high and another vice champion joining us today. Now, the vice champion of food, 
some of these F3 drivers are going to be graduating into Formula 2. We presume a certain driver here might be joining, but we won't push on that just yet. But we do know, as we spoke about in the Transfer Weekly, or as you spoke about more specifically in the Transfer Weekly episode, that we've got Oli Behrman and Arthur Leclerc. They're making that step up. We're probably going to see Victor Martin. Uh, I'd be very surprised if we didn't. Probably going to see Zinger, see some more. Who are you really looking forward to seeing in Formula 2 2023, Tyler? Well, I mean, all of those drivers, really, because I feel that this year in Formula 2, um, there's been a, a group of experienced drivers, the likes of Armstrong, Vips, uh, Doruvala, who, for whatever reason, just haven't managed to have a season that's worthy of fighting for the championship. They've had inconsistencies. They've had um, maybe a lack of strong moments throughout the season. And as a result, a lot of rookies have finished above them. There's a number of rookies now coming from F3, Maloney being obviously one of them, coming up now. And it seems like next season's going to be maybe a bit of a reset in terms of the grid, Formula 2. It's really exciting. Behrman being in Prima straight away. When you have a rookie go straight into Prima, I know it didn't work out with Hauger this year. I've got to be honest, I expect a bit more from Behrman. Um, and especially, I think that with Prima struggling as they have this year, compared to the fact that they won two drivers and constructors championships in a row over 2020 and 2021. The fact that they've had quite a disappointing season this year, I think they'll have a lot to prove next year. Um, Leclerc going to Dams, very interesting. First time he stepped away from Prima for a while. So that'll be an interesting scene. Victor Martins obviously being the champion. Um, I think he's got a lot to prove now that he's actually got that sort of monkey off his back, seeing how he moves into F2. Uh, we saw with Hauger again, another F3 champion, he struggled. So it's not always a guarantee. And then I just want to, illustrate exactly how good our boy from Barbados was in the second half of the season. Bangkok, because it? <laughs> so it was a, a genuinely historic turnaround. I mean, if you look at the first five rounds of the season, so I know that a lot of our fans are, are hardcore fans, but I just want to illustrate it. So nine rounds in the F3 campaign this year of the first five, Zayn only scored uh, 29 points and was 11th in the championship, 69 points already behind the leader. Come the end of the season, you know, he's got 134 points and he's only five points behind Martins. And as the drivers at the top began to falter and, and, and struggle under pressure, it was Zane who took the opportunity and just really just kept going and putting the pressure on everybody. And you could see that when there was that chaotic end in Monza, I think Martins was very, very happy in a way that it was over because I think he was worried that Zane was going to catch him right there at the end. So... Yeah, there's there's a lot to look forward to when it comes to to the F3 guys that are stepping up. And we have other guys as well possibly moving up, guys like Roman Stanek, obviously, Zane knows. So, yeah, maybe a, a generational change in terms of the, the grid between F3 and F2. There's a lot of young guys with um, F1 backing, especially, that are looking at it. So maybe if Teo stays for another year, he'll have to fight against a whole new group of people. Even though he's only 19, he'll probably be one of the more experienced guys on the grid for once. So it'll be interesting. Let's talk 2023. Uh, Teo, this is where you've got a shift uncomfortably in your seat. In fact, no, I'm going to let you off because I already can see the poker face coming up. Let's talk about some good things before we have to put you under pressure. You're racing, for, well, you're racing, you're testing Formula One machinery again this week. Tomorrow, as we're recording the podcast, you've had some experience. We spoke about it just before we started the podcast when you're driving around in front of all the Americans in Austin. How excited are you? How different was the machine? Tell us the sort of prep you've gone through today to get yourself ready. What is what is your expectation for this week? 
Yeah, so tomorrow uh, we'll be driving with uh, with Alfa Romeo for the young driver test uh, alongside Valtteri Bottas, which is very, so very interesting for me. He's not very young. <laughs> he has a good moustache and uh, he's fast. So, yeah, so it's uh, no, he's, um, he's a good, uh, good reference. And uh, I will have to learn a lot. I will be able to learn a lot, which is good uh, from uh, from a Grand Prix winner. From uh, I mean, he was teammate with Lewis Hamilton, so it's is a very good reference, and uh, yeah, it's very nice for me to to have uh, a full day in an F1 car to be able to uh, uh, put a lot of sets of tires, uh, different compounds. Um, so I will learn a lot. It will be helpful for the future. And yeah, as you know, today I did a lot of work already with engineers. Uh, I did a sick check. Uh, tomorrow I will also do some practice starts, first time in F1. So it's a complicated. Uh, I mean, it's very complicated to understand the procedure and to do it well. So we went through that. I was with the uh, engineers from Ferrari uh, because they wanted to explain me some things on the engine and um, uh, I mean the the electronic side of of the car. So you know I went through a lot of things today, but I'm ready for tomorrow. And um, yeah, I mean I love F1. It's already a play- I mean I, I love to drive those cars. It's so fast and uh, first time around Yas Marina, so it's going to be good. Well, I know there's a lot of rumors around Matteo Bonotto, and now you're going into the Ferrari garage. I'm going to put two and two together team principal of Ferrari, Theo Porcher. We found out the exclusive on the podcast. Let's go serious for a second. Why not? <laughs> uh, why, why not? Well, why not might be because you're returning to Formula 2 next year. There's a lot of rumours swirling around. What can or can't you tell us? It's Your face says one thing, Theo, and I'm not going to push you too hard, but would you like to return to Formula 2? Have you got unfinished business? I mean... Um... I can't say a lot. I can't say a lot for sure. Uh, at the moment, nothing is uh, is sure. Um, it's a bit strange because in the past, uh, I always knew what I was doing the next year really early. Uh, now, I did not sign every- anything. I'm just uh, talking a lot uh, with Sauber Academy to be sure to take the good decision. Um but they are taking care of me very well. Uh, I know they are looking at me. They put me in the F1 tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to do a lot of laps. That's a that's a great great thing for the future for me to to learn uh, F1. You know, my my dream is to access F1. Uh, is to be an F1 driver, to be F1 world champion. So it's a good step forward. I will live in, in Switzerland next year. I will be the reserve driver for Alfa Romeo. So. Yeah, then I don't know what I will do uh, if I do uh, next to season, if I do nothing, if I do anything else. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to push you too hard. I, I would be amazed if you don't know what you're doing at this point. And I'm sure it's all going to come out in due course. Tyler, you wrote a little bit about what we're expecting from people. If Teo's not going to confirm anything, what are you expecting? Well, of course, everything is just subject to rumour. but. The way that Teo has always spoken about the fact that he wants to win F2 so badly. And of course he does. I mean, for someone who is still the youngest pole sitter and winner in F2 history, of course there's that thing, you know, we saw it with the likes of Max Verstappen. Red Bull wanted him to win the F1 title younger than than Seb Vettel. It's that thing of, of being the holder of records, titles, wins, that sort of stuff. And when you're a driver with a lot of talent coming through an early age with an F1 backing, we saw it with Piastri being an F2 champion. 
does hold a bit of something you you feel like you get a bit more maybe special uh, special preference special treatment and i think that the way that teo's season went this year as he said with the engine failures and things that were very unlucky i think it would be a massive shame not to see him back next year um, who knows? Maybe maybe there's some Japanese fans who might love to see him in Super Formula. <laughs> I w- I don't know about that, but no. But in all, in all seriousness, um, you know, with the way things are, uh, ART especially, if um, with Victor Martins winning the F3 Championship, if he does step up, he'll be there in ART, and then if Teo's alongside him, that would be a very very strong lineup. Um, it would be one that I'd love to see. I'm sure a lot of fans would like to see. So. I expect Mr. Porsche to come back for a third season, but his face is so straight that I don't think there's any chance of us having it. See, look, he's, he's hiding. He's doing a good job. <laughs> um, no, but he, he's, I he's, can't he's, say anything. He, I can't he obviously say anything. Said, he obviously said earlier in the season that he wasn't going to come back. And the thing is, is that drivers obviously have situations where things would change very quickly. Ricardo wasn't leaving McLaren. Landscapes change and, and sometimes drivers um, in September don't want to return. Two months later, something changes. The doors open or close and some all of a sudden they might want to return. So what I'm going to say is I've learned in the last few months that Teo's quotes might not always be up to date. So things change quickly, you know. So, you know, I'd love to see him back. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, regardless of whether he does return or, or moves on to a different series, um, he's already had an amazing F2 career and you know, he's a driver who has etched his mark, um, certainly on this side in motorsport. Absolutely. I have to echo those statements. I'm sure Percy and the rest of France would also love to see that team next year with Martin and Porsche next to each other. But let's take the pressure off you for now, Teo. Let's put the pressure on Zane. Um, 2023. Yeah. You've been racing in Formula 2 this weekend. You were racing with Trident this weekend, but you're also racing very near Enzo Fittipaldi. Anything you can tell us about what's going on next year? Yeah, well, I, I will be racing in, an F, in F2 next year, so it's great to make the step up. Um, yeah, ADD management uh, have really done an amazing job with my career uh, from being with them. Since 2020, uh, they've made the perfect decisions and, and I'm sure that they will continue to put me in the right place. Uh, of course, I can't say anything about who I'll be doing 2023 with. Um, but yeah, we'll see hopefully in the near future. Uh, I'm not sure when, but yeah, uh, everything's looking good for the future. Zane, Teo outright lied to our face by saying he didn't. he's not signed anything yet. Could you confirm you have signed something or do you want to lie to us as well? No, I, I have signed something. Um, hopefully it will be out. I'm not sure when, but yeah, I have signed something, which is is cool um, to go into Christmas knowing what I'll be doing. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure you guys will know after Christmas. I'm sure we probably already know if Tyler's uh, spot on article so far and the video that we've now got on the YouTube channel is anything to go by. You're getting everything right so far. Uh, Tyler, in fact, why don't you just let us know what you believe is happening with <laughs> Mr. Maloney? So Maloney is going to be stepping up to F1 for next now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> so um, we expect Zane to be with Carlin next year. Obviously, he had an amazing uh, British F4 campaign with them. 
for winning the championship in a very dominant season. And um, I think since then, it's only been a matter of time before he makes that step up to F2 and, and you know, challenges himself against the other uh, junior guys um, and girls in the world. So Carlin have had an amazing last few seasons. They've ever so increased and got a bit better. You could argue that they have the car uh, in a similar way to ART, obviously, Teo probably would have had a better chance um, with a bit better luck and reliability. Carlin, I think, are in that same group as ART in terms of they have the team and the car. Someone just needs to go in there and, and sort of grab it and and, and maybe uh, take them to a championship, which, you know, it's been a, been a long time in that regard um, since they've won in this category. So we think that Zane will be there. And, and I know you mentioned about Enzo for penalty. So that's the supposed lineup that we, we see. And, um, you know, regardless of what team Zane's with, I think he already proved in Abu Dhabi um, that, you know, he's already there. You know, he just needs that a uh, bit more time in the car, a bit more experience. And it'll be really interesting to see just how much progression he makes, considering the, the jump we saw from the first half of his F3 rookie campaign to the second half. So Cannot yeah. wait. Cannot wait. Zane, is there anybody you're managing? You mentioned your management who they're managing in Formula One at the moment. Yeah, they're managing Lando. Where, where was Lando driving in his feeder series? Yeah, he was driving at Carlin. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> just lead them down the path, Tyler. They just pick up the pieces. You see that? That's how the professionals do it. Well, everybody, that's enough questions from me because the F1 Feeder Series podcast is for you, viewers and listeners. We're going to move on to the hashtag AskF1FS part of the podcast. If this is your first time watching or listening, you can get involved by using the hashtag AskF1FS on Twitter, joining our Discord and using the podcast questions channel, commenting on our YouTube videos or keeping an eye out on our Instagram posts and our stories. I think this genuinely is the most questions we've ever had and I didn't even get all the questions onto the script so popular drivers both of you very very impressive let's try and go through as many as we can this one's uh, yeah a little bit out of nowhere like it's not racing related this one's from Cesar Valero uh, by Twitter question to you both Theo and Zane let's go with you first Theo what other languages, apart from your native ones and English, do you know and speak? Unfortunately, uh, I only know French and English. So, yeah, um, yeah, I would say yeah, only uh, French and English. I tried to learn Italian, but I failed a bit. <laughs> and, um, I, I mean, I was not very good at school. So, yeah, um, and yeah, probably. I will try to to learn German for the future. Ooh. Okay, very interesting. With a certain four rings supplier coming into the sport, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, Zane, same question to you. I presume you know a little bit more Italian than Teo. Um, well, English is is all I know. Uh, I was with Trident this year, of course, and I was with RSGP um, in twenty twenty one. So. With a French team in 2021, Italian team in 2022, and when it's just one year, it's it's so difficult to mm. to actually pick mm. up the language. Uh, I know a few words in Italian, of course, that we joke about in the team, uh, but not much more than that. So yeah, just English. Just English. Did you know things about saying I want um, another coffee in Italian? Because all the things I've heard from the people who have worked with the Italian teams is it's a lot, a lot of espressos. Yeah, at least six or seven per day. But I don't <laughs> drink coffee, so what? <laughs> yeah, so I uh, 
Yeah, I don't know those words. Uh, no, but I would love to learn more languages, and I will try, uh, hopefully soon. But yeah, it's it's very tough, especially when everywhere speaks English. It's tough to really get into another language. But I will. I'll try. Yeah, Tyler and I don't know how lucky we are having that as our native language. Next question comes from AS19 Alex. Hello again, Alex. Zane, on a scale of one to 10, how right was Alex when he told you that your season would turn around after Austria? Well, I remember, because uh, I'm in the Discord as well, so I see mm -hmm. some stuff in the Discord. Uh, I remember watching the F2 feature race or some of it. Uh, he came came by and we were watching it and uh, he did tell me that. So yeah, I guess 10 out of 10, he was, he was right. <laughs> 10 out of 10. How about that, Alex? Is that the first rating? 10 out of 10? I think you're a 10 out of 10, mate. Only joking, only joking. Right, next question. Gaspard BM to both of you. Let's go Teo first. Who has been your toughest teammate in a single seater? Good question. Hmm. Yeah, good question. Good question. But I will definitely say uh, Vesti. Uh, Frederick Vesti was this year really strong um yeah it was a strong teammate you know uh it was a bit i mean it was difficult for him at the beginning of the year learning f2 but then he was really strong in quali it was his uh, strongest point then in the races i was a bit better uh but yeah he pushed me he pushed me this year unfortunately we couldn't achieve uh the team's title to win the team title together uh because we had many many issues uh both of us so but he was really strong yeah yeah, now congratulations to him. He's going to be very strong and probably a thorn in your side for next year with this Prima announcement, which we heard on the day of recording. Zane, very interested to see what you're going to say to this one. Yeah, of course, I've had lots of teammates, uh, even though I've had a short career. You still have lots of lots of different teammates, especially when you, if you're moving teams throughout the years. Uh, of course, Roman really pushed me this year. He was very fast. And I do think I'm... I was at the highest level I've ever been this year and he was still pushing very hard and, and out qualifying me at the start of the season, out racing me at the start of the season. Uh, so I learned a lot from him. He was very fast. Um, and then when I look back into carding uh, Harry Thompson, I remember mm -hmm. we had very good battles uh, the two years that we were teammates. Um, always a tenth between us uh, or less. So yeah, I would say uh, Roman and, and Harry Thompson. Interesting. And also, uh, you have you have Hadrian, Hadrian, David, and Isaac. All three of us were were pushing each other very hard uh, in 2021. So, to be honest, I've I've been fortunate to to have amazing teammates around, and uh, of course, Isaac most likely going to be stepping up next year, and and hopefully, Hadrian can get a C in F3. And yeah, it's great to to push myself against all these great drivers. Yeah, they're pretty A-list names in the feeder series world. And we really do hope that we don't lose Hadrian, as some of the rumours suggested we might be. So fingers crossed that he does make it uh, that step up. We know budget is a huge, huge problem. Uh, this question comes from Vishred via Discord. To Teo, how many tattoos do you plan on getting? And to Zane, do you have slash want any? So Teo first. Uh, it depends. It depends. At the moment, I've got two tattoos. Uh, probably more in the future. More in the future, you know. Uh, I like tattoos. Uh, but yeah, at the moment, I'm more focused on uh, driving well, and uh, and we will see in the future. 
You get a tattoo that says 2023 Formula 2 champion. Hey, I don't know what I need to answer. <laughs> you almost got me there. <laughs> well, maybe you're not because maybe somebody else needs that tattoo. Uh, Zane, question to you, the same thing. Tattoos, got any yet? Looking for any? Yeah, I have two tattoos, uh, both on my on my arm. Um, and same as Teo, I, I, I like tattoos and I want more, but we don't have enough time. So I keep organizing uh, back in Barbados, let's say uh, for Friday, and then I end up having to leave Thursday. So I haven't been able to, to get any more. But um, yeah, hopefully in the future, I do plan on, on getting more tattoos. So are you flying back and forth between Barbados and Europe generally? Is that what you've been doing all year? Not so much. I've been in Italy most of the year. Uh, when we have three weeks off, I was going back, which was most of the season until the last uh, three rounds. So I was able to get home quite a lot this year, which was good. Yeah, I may, I may suggest staying in Italy with some of the form that you had in those last three races when you weren't going <laughs> back. So I have found the winning solution there. Uh, this question from the brilliant name Payne Maloney via Discord. Teo, <laughs> does Sauber becoming Audi concern you at all re any Formula One connections? Uh, yeah, it concerned me uh, because, I mean, uh, we'll still be in the in the Sauber Academy next year, um, and they are helping me a lot. Uh, I I mean, I don't know yet uh, for sure what I will do next year as a racing program. I will be the reserve driver for Alfa Romeo, uh, but I am looking into the future. It's a great opportunity for Sauber to be helped by Audi. Um, they will get a lot of support, a lot of financial support, technical support. It's a great brand. So the future of uh, of the team is looking great. And I'm really proud to be part of, of the academy. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it can be a good thing for me in the future. Well, I hope so, too. It's good to see Audi coming and looking at it. It'll be great to have you in Formula One as part of that. Very serious question from Yaz Weston via Instagram. Uh, let's go you first this time, Zane. Would you rather race an entire race or a whole race with three wheels or only one hand on your steering wheel? Uh, to be honest, I would say one hand on my steering wheel. Uh, if they allow me to put the downshifting paddle to my <laughs> right hand, then... Uh, we can try like that and, that, and the DRS as well. Uh, on three wheels, you, you lose too much time. So I, I give myself a shout with, with one hand. I like the idea that you're still thinking about DRS at this point when you're going to be one-handed <laughs> versus the braking zones, like turn six or something. That is crazy. Uh, Teo, obviously a very difficult question and one you're probably answering every week in the press conferences. Would you rather race with three wheels or one hand? Uh, that's a strange question, but I, I guess, um, yeah, I can drive with one hand, but only for three laps. Uh, after that, I'm completely dead for sure. But uh, yeah, let's try it. Let's try it. Next race, we all drive with one hand. I'll tell you what, if you really want to impress Bottas and Alfa Romeo tomorrow, just do the entire <laughs> test with one hand. I'm not sure they will be happy about it uh, because <laughs> if I crash the car, they will kill me. But uh, no, no, I prefer to drive with two hands and uh, to stay focused. Okay, last question from me. This one's from Spice and it's for Zane. 
Ask Zane how tough it is to make it coming from the Caribbean. I presume it's a question you've had a lot, but you're not the only driver at the moment from the Caribbean. I spoke to Kiffin Simpson earlier this year, and it seems to be, well, I don't know if the two, you two have raced from what I recall when he spoke to me. Is it, how difficult was it? And who else are we looking out for from the Caribbean? Yeah, of course, it's very difficult. Uh, we've never had a Formula One driver, a Formula Two driver. This year, I was the first Formula Three driver from the Caribbean. So it, it it's tough and it has been tough so far. But in other ways, it's a it's a good thing as well, because uh, then the sponsors behind you in the Caribbean are, are more supporting because they really want someone from the Caribbean in F1. Uh, we have Kiffin or Simpson over at in, in Indy Lights trying to get to IndyCar. Uh, he's doing a great job. Uh, we have Alex Powell from Jamaica uh, in karting, uh, nearly won the European Championships this year. And then we have we have guys over in Rally, like Fraser McConnell. So we, we have really good drivers in the Caribbean. It's just kind of getting getting everyone, giving everyone the opportunity to, to come up to Europe and, and try, to, try to make a career out of it. Um, but it's all I know, of course. So I don't know how much easier or harder it would be <laughs> to come from Europe and, and try to get to F1. Well, you can just imagine what it's like for Teo when you just get to drive to half of the tracks in Europe. So it's uh, it's completely different. That's, that's different the co- benefit of being from Europe. Yeah, you get to avoid that transatlantic flight. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you feel any better. This week I'm flying 25, 25 hours, 45 minutes on uh, three different planes. So the sympathy is really there. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to leave it to you now. There's some interesting questions that you've got for these guys. Yeah, so a bit of background, because it seems like every time I'm on the podcast, I always need to give background, because the next few questions are specifically about food, um, although I'm sure we'll find a way to end up talking about Teo being in, with Ferrari next year or something. Um, so the first question is from at Soy33Largo. Uh, for both of you, what's a food that you've never had but always wanted to try, Teo? Oh, um Sushi, I would say. You've I never, never had sushi. sushi. Never had sushi. <laughs> no, no, but I, guys, I don't like fish. That's why. But I, but I would love to try. But I would love to try. I'm interested. I mean, I mean, now, it's now, amazing. I don't know. now I understand why he's got a super formula test. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's good. I'm, I'm only going there for that. <laughs> and straight back, straight back on the plane. <laughs> exactly. Wait until Yuki no, Tsunoda hears this. He's going to hit you off the track in tomorrow's test. <laughs> Zane, yeah, Zane I would well? love to try. Uh, yeah, well, sushi I love, so you have to try it, Dale. Um, for me, it's probably, I would say mushrooms. I, I've never had mushrooms. Um, I'm not sure why. I just take it off of every food. I've never had it, but looking at it just doesn't make me feel very good, so... I'd love to try it to see if it's if it's that bad or, or that good at the same time. These are the revelations everybody tunes in for when they listen to the F1 Feeder Series podcast. Wow. I'm, I'm stunned from both of your answers. Uh, Tyler, please, let's get out of this. I, I, can't, I can't go over the mushroom thing. You've been with, been with Trident and, and never had a pizza with mushrooms or anything like that. The, the, funniest, the funniest part about it, and the team does laugh at me and, and thinks I'm very strange, is that I order a mushroom risotto and I take the the clump. I take the actual mushrooms and put them to the side. I just have the the mushroom sauce. So what do you think yeah, they I'm taste like? Strange. What do you imagine them tasting I, like? No, I love the taste in terms of like a mushroom sauce. But 
the yeah. texture. I just don't. It doesn't. Oh, look the texture. What, is it texture. too? Is it too soft? Is that it? Yeah. 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 Okay. No. Fair enough. I. I. I I'm. I can understand to an extent, but we'll. Yeah. We'll move on. Next question from <laughs> at Doctor Quans on Twitter. Um, what's your go-to post-race meal? Zane, do you want to carry on and please don't say anything disgusting like you don't eat mushrooms? Yeah. Well, honestly, uh, the sushi. When I if I have a good race, um, when I go home, we have a place in Barrios called Naru, and they have sushi there ready for me uh, when I get home. So yeah, I love I love a bit of sushi. Wow, is that is that only when you have a good performance, podiums and wins? Yeah, well, I, they don't they don't uh, have it there for me when I when I don't do so good. So <laughs> I have to try to keep doing good. Gary, <laughs> what about you? For me, I would say uh, a good steak with fries or uh, or a burger. Yeah, like it. It's simple. It's good. I, I love it. I could eat that every day, but I'm a racing driver, so I can't. Do you have any any sauce with the steak? No sauce, no sauce. Oh, no steak, sauce. medium, no sauce, a bit of salt, uh, french no, no fries, and I'm good. No bayonnaise sauce or no, anything no, like that? No, no, oh, okay, no, no enough, sauce right? with the steak, no sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Only the steak, got, it's perfect. You've got, I've, seen, I've seen how you dress, you've got enough sauce already, so we don't have to worry about <laughs> that. It's, it's all good. It's all, sorted. It's all good. <laughs> next, next, next question from, um, from at petal underscore pine uh, for Teo. What is your favorite food? And if you weren't a racing driver, what do you think your job would be? Uh, favorite food is uh, burgers. Burgers. I, I love burgers. I love to, <laughs> you know, I went to Austin. I did the FP1. And after the FP1, I was eating uh, burgers every day, every meal. <laughs> Uh, but we don't have to. I mean, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Romeo doesn't know that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, I love to eat yeah. it. Yeah, make sure you don't uh, put any uh, extra weights on before your test. And don't want to don't want to get on the scales and then get cancelled out for that. But um, uh, Zane, actually, what's your favorite food as well? Well, I have quite a few different uh, dishes that I like, I guess. But uh, I said it on the F three live. I think it was in Zambor. And it got a lot of uh, heat, but I need to say it again: uh, Hawaiian pizza. Um, I'm on. I'm on board with this. I'm on board. That's fine. That's acceptable. <laughs> the, team, that, the team. Uh, the team. couldn't believe it when I said that. I wouldn't tell an Italian though, Zane. That is. That is suicide. Yeah. No. But yeah, it's a crime. It's a crime. <laughs> it is. But I love Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> Tao, you you definitely don't agree with it, do? I know, no, I don't agree. I don't agree. Oh, <laughs> oh you can eat a pizza with pineapple. It's oh no. Have you tried oh, it? No. Have you tried it before? No, I I, I didn't try it, uh, but you know, uh, I I will try it. I need to try it. You're right. You're right. You I will try, try it, it, but I'm sure I'm sure it will be disgusting. I don't like it for sure. How far apart are your two hotels? Because I mean, the rooms look very similar right now. So, are you guys close? Can you meet for I dinner tomorrow? Get yeah, some rooms. I think we're in the same hotel. <laughs> We're in the same hotel. We're in the same hotel. You know what to do tomorrow, guys. One of you going to try some pineapple pizza. One of you try some mushrooms. That's that's what we're doing. Making friends yeah. on the podcast. Tyler, um, wrap <laughs> exactly. us up. We've only, we're going to run out of time. We've got a few more questions. Okay. Through them. No problem. So from Ashley on Discord to both of you, if you had to live off a certain cheese, a type of cheese, what cheese would that be? Teo, do you want to go first? 
Uh, sorry, I didn't uh, hear the question what because cheese? Uh, what connect- cheese? If you had to live off a cheese, what cheese would it be? Uh, to be honest, I don't like cheese. You're French. <laughs> I'm I'm French. I'm French. I don't like cheese. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so- but I like pizzas. I like burgers with cheese, so it's fine. But I don't like to eat cheese uh, like this, you know, for pleasure. So, yeah. Uh, sorry. 2023 ART contract. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. You already know. <laughs> Zane, what about you in terms of cheese? Any any specific cheeses that you like? Similar to Teo, to be honest. I can eat cheese on pizza. I can, I can put cheese on a steak or anything. But I, in Italy, when we are by the factory, at the end of lunch, the, the people come over with six or seven different options of cheese. Uh, and I really don't understand that because I'm not going to eat cheese by itself just for fun. So, yeah, to be honest, uh, whatever cheese you put on toast, I would have I would have some of that. But I don't know what I don't know what else to say. To be honest, I don't eat cheese by itself. I've had this question before, but cheese on toast has never been the answer. <laughs> Ham and cheese on toast. Sometimes nice. No, always good. Never no problem. Please tell me that you two both like pasta, though, yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pasta, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Because the next question is from Wadmin's coming home on Discord. What's your favourite pasta shape? And if you don't know it, can you describe what the shape looks like? Uh, uh, Zane, do you want to go first? Uh, for me, it's spaghetti. Spaghetti bolognese, spaghetti uh, pomodoro, um, spaghetti carbonara, any of them. Once it's spaghetti, have you got yeah, a good, Have you got it. a good twiddling? Are you good twiddling at <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Tyler, this is a family show. Yeah, I, I'm sh- I'm really surprised that the team don't properly hate me because that's another problem. I uh, I cut it with a knife and fork to make it easier to eat. That's bad. That's- I, I do the same. Strange. I do the same, guys. No, I do Tyler, this, no. Yeah. <laughs> I cut the spaghetti. Tyler, do you know when they say never meet your heroes? This podcast is why they say that. The next time Alex Jake says, Annie Porsche crosses the line to win the Bahrain feature race, all I'm going to think about is him cutting his spaghetti. Exactly. But think, about exactly. It, think about it this way. Think about it this way, Tyler. If, if we both eat spaghetti, I'm going to take 10 minutes to eat it and you might take 20. You're about speed. Yeah, but That's what it comes down to the drivers. And it's all about being a fish. <laughs> exactly. In every in every form of life, they just want to be as quick as possible. Hey, did we get your um, answer for this? What what your favorite pasta shape was? Uh but I like spaghetti, but I cut them. So in the, in the end, I can say uh, fuzzy or penne. So they are the, they are the same because they're already cut shorter for you. That's why. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, funny! Okay, very good. Last, last question then from uh, a certain Zane. Uh, sorry, from to a certain Zane Maloney from a certain Johnny Edgar. Um, question for you, Zane: What was the best meal that you had during the Spa race weekend? Uh, Johnny's uh, dad, Justin, cooked us a uh, dinner every night because we were at um, an Airbnb, the best Airbnb of the year. So uh, it was very nice and. Yeah, Justin was very kind and made us all dinner every night. So we had lots of different stuff. I think we had a five-star five, five star meal every night. So, uh, yeah, Justin was amazing. 
Well, there wow. you go. That's that's a good way to end it at last. And I'm presuming from Johnny that was a correct answer that you just gave, Zane. So well done for <laughs> not falling into the trap there. I'm afraid, and I could do this all day because I just keep finding myself utterly shocked by the podcast, bringing you such horrible news about the eating habits of racing drivers. But let's call it a day. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. If you'd like to have your question asked on a future episode, use the hashtag AskF1FS on Twitter. Drop any questions below if you're watching on YouTube. Respond to our Instagram stories and posts, or let us know what questions you have on your mind on our Discord. Look for the podcast questions channel. If you are watching on YouTube, dropping a like on the video, leaving a comment, and subscribing all really helps us out. And if you're listening, leaving a review on the podcast platform you're listening on is greatly appreciated. Finally, check out f1feederseries.com for more feeder series insight. Follow F1 Feeder Series 1, F1 FS Americas, and F1 FS Live on Twitter. You can find the links to all of those, plus the Twitter accounts for myself and everyone else on the podcast if you want to send them some hate tweets about their awful food choices in the YouTube description or the podcast show notes. Until next time, we have been the F1 Feeder Series podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.